Hello listeners, this is Pablo. What follows is a conversation with myself and a chap called Justin Panks. Uh, He's a comedian and a presenter on the Pranks and Firth pod and the Three Speech pod. And I've known him for about, well, since I've been doing comedy. He lives in the Norfolk area and uh, we thought you'd enjoy this chat. What have you been up to? Anything you can talk about? Yeah, just doing gigs. Right. Just working the store. My mate's in Edinburgh, so he's let me stay in his flat, right in the centre. Right, nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, what have you been doing in that there, London? Where you've where you been gigging? Any any anything noteworthy? Yeah, uh Monday and Wednesday I emceed two different venues for outside the box. And both days Joel Domit was closing. Oh right, yeah. Although what he was actually doing was a was an exact kind of dress rehearsal because he's hosting the National Television Awards. Right, right. So he's so in a room above a pub in South London, he was going, oh, look, I can see Ant and Dec over there and then doing a joke <laughs> about Ant and Dec. <laughs> but, you know, he sort of told the audience what he was doing and they were on board with it. And right. I'm sure you know Joel. He's got sort of like, uh, well, you get away with, you know, he's quite charming. Yeah, a charming, good-looking uh, fella, just like you and I. Yeah, I know. Um, but I'm so... But he... Um, yeah, so I did that Monday and Wednesday. So then Tuesday I opened at Top Secret. Lovely. Which that yeah, they have two. I don't know if you've been to see. I've never been. I've, I've seen. I feel like I've been because as a promoter, yeah. you see so many clips of people that you know yeah, they yeah. get sent in. It, yeah, it's not that so much. It's that they've got an upstairs and a downstairs room. Right. And you and you open. Well, they used to be down. You used to do upstairs first, then downstairs, but now they've they've switched it round. So you you open downstairs and then you just go upstairs and open upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously it's like one club, but they've just split into two rooms on two levels. Yeah. But that was hot, man. I don't normally, but that the downstairs was like the hottest room I think I've ever been in to do comedy. Like it was in both senses of the word, but I was sweating through my t-shirt do you know what I mean just waiting to go and it was so warm down there I've heard a lot of people say about it that it's perfect for comedy with a low ceiling and a setup and that is that right yeah definitely mate yeah. If, if you haven't been if next time you're in London you should go have, check it out yeah, and okay. it run, they run shows every night of the week so that was that and then where are we now didn't have anything last night so I went into a um, do you know the, the Samuel Smith pubs they have here? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I love the Samuel Smith pubs in London. I love them too, but my girlfriend's never been in one. And I was going, like, they don't sell anything that they don't make. Like, even their spirits are all sort of, like, wonky. Yeah. Well, not wonky, but they're their own. They're, even their snacks, they don't buy anything, do they? I didn't know about the snacks. I never know. Yeah, no, yeah, no, they're crisp. They've got their own brand snacks. They don't, and it's like... And he was in the news, wasn't he in the news recently for being mental or something? I think they got a bad press for look, not looking after their staff. I think that's the yeah. thing. But I, I, I always like the pubs. Which which ones in London did he go to? All the ones around where I live. So that's the Cock, the Champion, and the Yorkshire Grey with a three. I went, I went in three last night. Uh, like, you know where Oxford, you know, basically Fitzrovia, between Oxford Circus yeah, yeah. and Fitzrovia, just off 
Because when I used to live in London, the champion, I used to go in a lot. And that's the one that's got like, because they love the old-fashioned, oldie-weldie sort of pubs. Oh, sort they? of wood panelling and uh, ornate yeah, sort yeah. of ironwork and that, yeah. Yeah, but the champion's got like stained glass windows, but with like old sporting champions on it you've never heard of, like a, a fish, you know, like or a swimmer, like in one of those sort of like onesies with the big handlebar moustache sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, but what some of them don't have the alpine lager. I'm getting a bit, don't know how this is too detailed. Some of them don't have the alpine lager, which is cheaper than drinks in Norwich. Mm. I think a pint and a half of that is like six pound eighty. Right. So I went into the cock, which didn't have that. So I got their organic lager, and that was like seven eighty a pint, Paul. Ah, oh, that's a bit much. In a, yeah, for in a Sam, Sam Smith. For Sam Smith's, yeah. Don't they do a mental pilsner? That's about six and a half percent or something. I remember that. Yeah, they do. They do loads. They do taddy. They've got a lot. They're actually good, decent, decent beers. Yeah. So I didn't have a anyway. It's a long story, but I didn't have a gig last night. Then tonight I'm hosting at a casino in Stratford, and then tomorrow I'm hosting at Big Belly, which used to be Vauxhall Comedy Club. Right, right. Casinos. And then on Sunday, sorry. Sorry, casinos are, are notoriously difficult gigs by all accounts. The thing about the casinos is, and I don't know if this is true, but I've heard it so many times, it must be, they have to, I've heard that they have to spend a certain amount of budget or money on live entertainment to is a, a sort of stipulation to keep the gambling licence. Ah. So then you do them and they don't care if there's anyone there or not. So then you sort of go, well, we've been doing this like monthly for a while now. And you sort of say to the staff, you, know, you think, why don't the staff want it to be good? But it was only last night because we were talking about this in the Sam Smith's pub. And I was like, oh, but if you think about it, if you're a casino, somebody's sitting watching comedy for an hour and a half. Mm. You're making less money out of them than if they're on a slot machine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, that so they actually, exactly... I don't think they want them to be well attended either. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, that is well paid. And then on Sunday, I'm doing one for Ali Woodward on the way home. Oh, in Cambridge. So Cambridgeshire, yeah. Cambridge, so obviously I'm yeah. driving home Sunday. Yeah. I've got to go via Cambridgeshire anyway to pick up the stepson who's been with family. I'm not so seeing we're gonna in go ages. And... Yeah. Pa- pass so up. I've had a gig every night except Thursday. Pass up my best to Ali when he's here. I'm not seeing her in a while. Yeah, I haven't actually, but I will. Yeah. So the the next section, um, if, if I can sort of shoehorn bits into it, uh, um, I don't know if you had a chance to look at the crib sheet, but we, 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 we normally give thanks to something. We, we, we recognise something that's uh, that's normally within the last week, but it could be any time that uh, that that we you know that we're grateful for. Sounds a bit right. religious, doesn't it? But um, it's, it's, it does. <laughs> I guess because I'm putting it in a shit way. But um, yeah, right. Have you got anything that you feel particularly sort of grateful for? Well, I was thinking about my own personal thing. This isn't topical. And when I did my first ever gig in 2009, it was in a room in a pub in Cambridge as part of the Cambridge Comedy Festival. And it was like a height of summer. And it was a hot room and nobody got any laughs, not even the MC, who I haven't seen him since, but he was professional. And didn't really get any laughs. It was for So You Think You're Funny. And I... um, didn't didn't really get any laughs and I was like well I did it ticket off the bucket list and as I was walking downstairs from the boathouse in Cambridge there was just two random punters if you like that had been in there and as I walked out and was looking for the door I happened to catch his eye and he turned to his mate and didn't know I could hear him and he went oh I thought he was the best 
And I always think about him and I can remember his face. Yeah. But I don't think if he hadn't have said that or if I hadn't have been fortunate enough to overhear it, I don't think I would have carried on doing it. Wow. So I really, when you say praise be, I thought I, I just basically owe him my career, whoever the <laughs> fuck he is. <laughs> Does Jason Stamp know him? He might do. That, I mean, he, it, it wasn't, it wasn't Jason. Jay, this is before I'd met Jason. This was for So You Think You're Funny. And I remember it was, um, I had a bit of, um, I had a bit of an overlap where I used to play sport like quite seriously. And I think I was just winding down my rugby days then or I'd stopped. Or was, I think I'd stopped actually because of my ankle, but not long stopped. And it's a competition for those that don't know. It's like the biggest, most prestigious competition for new acts. And you can only enter it once. And I think there's a few stipulations, like you've got to be going less than a year or whatever. But anyway, like an idiot, I just Googled and that happened to be the first thing that came up. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd never been to a comedy club. I'd never watched live comedy before I did it apart from like the seaside like Russ Abbott and stuff with my mum and dad yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. and um so I went and um I was Julia Chamberlain who th- subsequently I worked for when she booked Jongler she so she goes I was anyone here done less than 100 gigs and a few people put their hands up you know before we started and then whittled it down anyone done less than 50 anyone done less than 20 is anyone is their first gig and I put my hand up and everyone was like oh we've got like a complete <laughs> virgin sort of thing <laughs> And I went and sat in the room and we were waiting to start before they let the people come in. And this other act came over to me and he goes, you sure you're ready for this, mate? And he was looking me right in the eye. And I went, he was in another competition, right? I went, yeah. He goes, I don't know. This is quite a big deal, mate. I don't think you know what you're letting yourself in for. And he just kept looking at me. (laughs) And because I'm used to gamesmanship and um, come from rugby, I've seen all this before. Well, I knew what he was doing. He was trying to psych me out. So I clocked what he was doing. And, and he went, you sure you're ready for this? He goes, I think this is quite a big deal. And I just looked down and I went, I went, what the fuck has it got to do with you, you cunt? <laughs> and he went, and I know that he walked off and then I was like, oh, this isn't the same. I, I had to, I had to change my ways. If you know what yeah, I mean, yeah. I was like, oh, this, yeah, I've yeah. come from a world. Yeah. Yeah. I was still a bit rough around the edges, if you like. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. But it is that you see certain environments, especially if you've been, you don't realise how much of a sort of shell you've put on. You don't yeah. realise. And yeah. then when you sort of like change the context, obviously showbiz is, is the opposite of people saying what they mean, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, It's the absolute opposite because we've all done them gigs where you do a gig and you're walking off stage and you happen to look out the window and you see an act park their car and they're walking across the car park just as you finished. And you go in the green room and they're in and they go, oh, my God, great stuff. I loved it. And you're thinking, I know you didn't hear one word of it. I just saw you just walk in. But then you end up doing that as well, yeah, as much yeah. as I'd hate to admit it. Yeah. You're not impervious to it. Like, I've now sort of like adopted a little bit of that. But yeah. it's just what you do to sort of, we do as human beings to fit in, I think. Exactly. It's how we act as groups, isn't it? Which is absolutely fair game, I suppose. We, 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 we all got to get along. We all got to get along. And the, mm. the next bit I wanted to ask about, and um, I, indirectly, well, actually directly, we've discussed this previously <laughs> between ourselves over WhatsApp and in the green rooms. So, um, yeah, uh, the, the bit's called Comedy Rumours forward slash shithousery. So I wanted right. to I wanted to give the uh, the bear in the cage a little bit of a poke <laughs> and see what comes out, mate. <laughs> Yeah, I think, well, I think the thing is I've been doing it for a while now. And uh, the interesting thing is, like, nothing's new. So you get these people come along and they start doing, trying to present a certain version of reality on the social media. 
And it's just like, I've seen all this before. And it's just like, you get this. So the, the, my, I, I, I'm sort of like, the thing that annoys me, comedy shit hours, is the discrepancy between what people are actually like and what they want to present to the world. And like I just said, I guess we all do it to an extent. But when you're actively, cynically sitting there thinking, how can I spin everything to sort of present a certain side of me? Yeah. I just see through it so transparent. And like I said, I've seen it all before. It's just different faces, but the same sort of shit. Do you know what I mean? Do, do you mean online or in person? Yeah, only online. I mean online, right. yeah. So, so yeah, online's, yeah. Uh, people's online personas. The, uh... Yeah, and I don't even mean bigging yourself up. Like if you do a big gig, I'm not, I don't even mean taking a photograph of yourself and that. I mean, it's when you see like a, you know, I don't know, just schmaltzy over sentimental just everything's wonderful and lovely and, and just trying to be like Mother Teresa. And I think, I know you're not like that. Yeah. yeah. I know you. Yeah. And it's like, it's just the, the, the barefacedness of it, do you know what I mean? It's weird, isn't it, online? I mean, when Facebook first came out, I mean, there were people I knew, I thought I knew quite well, and I didn't realise how thick they were or even like how um, bigoted they were. Until yeah. un, until Facebook, so they sort of showed a hand on that. So that's, but that's what, what you would call a civilian. Whereas, whereas a yeah. uh, comedian, they 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 tend to give a, as you say, a, a a presentation of themselves online. It's not the stuff that's I've noticed, and there's a spate of lately. Isn't even work related though. It's a character thing. It's like, oh, look how wonderful and supportive I am, and how how. And how sort of like, I'm like, you know, like Jesus on a rock, just like showering my love everywhere. And it's like, fuck off. Yeah. I mean, why do you need to do that anyway? Why do you need? And I always think that um, that there's sort of like a, there's sort of like equation of the nicer someone appears on stage, probably the bigger cunt they are. Yeah. Like, you know, they've got them comedians that are sort of like the ones, that, oh, everything's brilliant and lovely. And I, I helped this homeless person and I did all this. And it's like, they're the ones that backstage normally a bit shit, shit out. Yeah, yeah. But like the, you know, you get the people that are a bit more cynical on stage and they're normally nicer. And I've worked out that I think if you are a bit of an asshole, even when you're at a primary school, you realize that you've got to mask it. Otherwise you get called out and you don't get, so I think the, the and you get used to presenting a sort again, a shell of something like much more saccharine. And I think that that, and you look at some acts, and there's some that are honestly that on that they're the like you said, civilians would be like, oh, and they nice bloke. I mean, like, and then you go, oh, actually, I know they're an absolute arsehole. Yeah, yeah. That is totally an act. The ones that bound on stage and say everything's brilliant and wonderful, mm. and how much they love their other half, and I'm like, oh, you're having an affair. Uh, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, I have noticed as well about about acts, the the headliners generally seem to be a lot more st- stable in the head. Than the the ones that don't make it to headline level, like yeah, yeah um, I think they sort of treat their lives a little, their careers a little bit more like a business. It's almost like they've got a different playbook. So what, yeah, I think it, de- it depends on several factors. There's one act who's doing very very well his headline, and I know that they left a very lucrative career, and I don't think they're ever going to get over that. I mean, they're so they're very good, but they're so not hungry in a, in a in a sort of like climbing the greasy pole way, but they're so sort of dedicated. I think it's like unhealthy. Mm. And I think so there's, that can play a factor. Also, I think COVID changed my my attitude to it. Whereas I was like, I, I you know, I didn't have a job and I was just doing this full time before COVID. Then I had to get a job. And it was like, 
I, first thing I did was I drove for Amazon, which is the worst job I think I've ever had. And this is a little, another little shit thing that annoys me, just a bit of a sidebar, that people are sort of like, you know, when they go to the co-op, they want to buy their fair, fair trade stuff. They'll, they'll go on Amazon and buy fair trade things. But like the people that deliver in it, it is like you are treated so bad. But because it's in this country and it benefits you, they turn a blind eye to that. I mean, when I went to my induction, they were like, we can't tell you. You know, you're doing 14-hour days, Paul. They go, we can't tell you you, you can't stop for a break. We're not allowed to, yeah. but, but yeah. The, 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 you know, you can't stop for a break and you can't, you have to, you have to, you know, first week, four times I was in the back of my van shitting into a carrier bag. Oh, wow. You can't just stop anywhere because you're doing, you're doing like town city centers. It was COVID. So everywhere was shut. A lot of places were yeah, shut. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I was doing that and I was like, right, I'm never moaning about having to drive to Sheffield again on a yeah. Friday night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I've, changed through that as yeah. well we were saying about headliners i do headline some shows but I'm not that but it's more like I've just i'm in a more sort of just take it for what it is and be grateful sort of place yeah a little bit more humility yeah i think i was always had a little bit of that but i you know it's like i don't do that oh it's hard not to look at other people especially ones i mean i i just said i, I did gigs with joel domit this week i started around the same time as him yeah. and used to rub shoulders with him now and then yeah and now he you know, turns up in his big, massive Hummer, whatever it is, and yeah, yeah. he's talking about hosting the national television awards and stuff. Oh, but mad, I don't care. He, 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 I couldn't give a shit. He, he uh, headlined for me for a couple of hundred quid bef- just just before we broke onto the uh, mainstream yeah. Saturday night. Yeah, stuff. but you know, maybe before COVID, it's hard to say. If COVID hadn't happened, yeah. I would be not thinking I should be doing that because I know that's not my lane nor what I'd be interested in doing. But just that. Oh, why can't I be doing a bit? I don't compare myself to anyone, basically. It's a short answer. Yeah, yeah. I think COVID changed a lot of us. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a that's a good, good answer. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Going to bump it along a little bit. And you, you are local, really. So, um, I am. You, um, is, is, has there been anything of note happened to you recently in the local Norfolk area that you'd like to share with us? Well, I don't, there's the A11... There's been 40 mile an hour in both directions for, for, for like, it feels like forever now. That's bollocks, isn't but, it? Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, I don't, I know it's a bit of a dad conversation, but the roads, I mean, I, I, the that's, thing, what, that's do you, where you, we're you at, go on the fair. NDR? Sorry, the, the dad conversation's where we're at with this pod, so don't worry yeah, about I, that. I don't give a fuck, mate. Do you ever use the NDR? Yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. Tries me crackers. And you go around it and you go, wow, look at this efficient piece of road what no fuckers on yeah, and yeah. they jeweled they've done that around the wrong bit and it's just and every time i go around it because it doesn't go anywhere i ever want to go but not now and then i'll be on there somehow yeah and it just annoys me that it's just i'll tell you what i liken it to it's like you know the really ugly kid at school that had the massive dick i i'd never looked sorry Oh, well, it might have been you. If, <laughs> you had a look in your eye, then like, no, him, I wasn't. But no, you sort of think, oh, that's a waste. Why waste that equipment that's never going to get used? You should have done the 47. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ankle's straight, man. That needs sorting out. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we, that. We, and also, I'll tell you the other thing that's happened more recently. I live just north of the city centre in the, in the sort of hipster bit, if there can be such a thing in Norwich. And I live exactly in the middle of this new beer mile they've done. Yeah. Because I, I chose the area I moved to because of the pubs, basically. It's all the best pubs there. 
and they've they've strung eleven of them into this scheme, and I'm dead in the middle of it on the actual road they're on. Yeah, and it's they're trying to compete with the Otley Mile in Leeds and make it this kind of like. Uh, but anyway, so that is I'm very rarely not working at the weekend, but the other week I had a Friday off, and I went to go in all the pubs that I love and look through the door and they were like four deep at the bar and I was like oh for fuck's sake can I have nothing <laughs> so, I mean just annoyed that all these oh, sort yeah. of like yeah so it's, Outsiders. Like the, the, it's become like an art it's, it's become like the Prince of Wales road for art students is what it's a bit like yeah all rescue dogs and leg tattoos no one's getting glassed they're just getting in- intellectualized oh, yeah. just, today they'll just get dressed down for problematic language that's yeah. what you're probably going to get along there <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get myself up there. We keep saying it, but uh... yeah, definitely, man. You're welcome any time. Yeah, yeah. But the, my my actual local's got a big blackboard as you walk in, and I'm not saying any of this is bad, but I've never seen it anywhere else. And they've got a big blackboard on the sort of easel right mm. next to the bar. I can't miss it, and it says, "This is an inclusive space. Oh, no racism, no transphobia, no yeah. homophobia, no ableism, no speciesism, maybe." And I'm sort of thinking, what's why is that? Do we need that at this point? It's a bit like I always wonder that, like, about who the fuck is still, you know, manufacturing no smoking signs because like, you can't smoke anywhere now except yeah, outside. Yeah. Is what? At what point do we just go? We know you can't smoke anywhere. We can because there's that thing in there. I don't know what it's called. There's a sort of certain thing. So if you came to my house and I said, "Oh, by the way, we've got an upstairs and downstairs toilet. Can you not shit in the sink in the downstairs toilet? <laughs> it kind of implies you can in the one upstairs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of, so it's sort of like a, 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 a sort of like counter effect because if you look around and you think, oh, there's no no, there's not a no smoking sign in it, yeah, but yeah. you know you can't smoke anywhere. Yeah. So it's like I think at what point? But anyway, they've got this blackboard, and I'm like, I've never seen it anywhere else. Yeah. Pretty strict. I, I've seen posters in London telling you not to stare too long at ladies. I've seen that, and I thought that's a bit odd, you know. And it is if you're out with your missus, we've got to keep looking away from her every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> when you, I don't, yeah, the world's gone a bit sort of paranoid, hasn't it? Really, you know. Well, this Sam Smiths, you know, they have these boards up saying this is a techno-free pub, no phones or laptops. Is that you right? Got to talk to each other. Yeah, it says. It says. I don't know if it's a bit of a joke. It says, but it's got a picture of a sort of smartphone with a, you know, like with a line through it. It's a joke. Yeah, of course it is. Then no one's going to yeah. police that, are they? That, no, no, I looked that, up from my phone and noticed it. I was playing chess, for fuck's sake. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, was, I mean, they don't have any music in there. You've got to do something to occupy yourself. Yeah, yeah. I do like a Sam Smith yeah. pub. I, 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 I went to one in Oldham once, and uh, they were playing this game called Geranimo, except they called it Geranimo, like that. And, yeah, uh, yeah it, it was like you all got given a card or something, and it was like card, bingo with cards. And uh, weirdly, I was in there for about 10 minutes and one wanna. <laughs> Fantastic, but anyway, Did you? yeah, oh, yeah. you've been popular then, yeah, well, yeah, not much, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So, I, um, here's where I find out if you've really done your homework for the uh, for this pod, uh, uh Justin. Um, mm. <laughs> have you got any seagull related stories, mate? I've got <laughs> a seagull related anecdote for you. <laughs> well, let's have it, man, let's have it, <laughs> right? I'll tell you the long story and you can edit out whatever. When I was at uh, school. I was very lazy, but quite creative. So for English, I think for some reason I I wrote, I used to write poems because they they were so short. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you've written an essay or a story, it's long. But a poem, you could write like 12 lines and get marked for it. I won an award for this poem. And 
as an award, we got given book, I got given a book token and everyone got awards for science, whatever. And we got taken to Waterstones in Cambridge. And I bought the SAS Survival Handbook, right. which shows the duality of someone that would win an award for poetry and buy an SAS handbook with it. That is the, the conundrum that I am. And anyway, I remember reading it. And back then, re- everyone revered the SAS, but a lot of people still do, yeah. And I remember the storm in the Iranian embassy and almost thought they were like superheroes. Mm. So it's by a geezer called Lofty Wiseman. And I was reading this fucking SAS handbook. I've still got it somewhere. It might be at my mum's house. And one bit said, if you're ever stranded, on, I can't remember, I'll paraphrase. It was like, if you're ever stranded on a desert island and there's only salt water and there's no fresh water to drink, if you wrap a morsel of food around a small pebble and throw it into the air, seagulls are one of the only birds that will eat on the wing like while they're flying. And they'll gobble down this food with a pebble in it. The change in weight will make them crash. And you can go and pick them up and suck fresh water out of their eye socket. Oh, Jesus. Oh. And I realised then everything's bollocks. Like I lost, I lost my innocent. I lost my sort of faith in everything, and I started questioning everything because of that. That is clearly just fucking not true or impossible. And what uh, food would you have if you had food on you? You'd like there's probably more water in the food you've wrapped around a fucking pebble than what you're going to get out of this eyeball, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I just that was when I started questioning things and thinking I'm just. I, I, that was when I just like oh. God, even the SAS is full of sh- well, this bloke's full of shit anyway. The, the SAS it's like a watershed moment. Yeah, anything to do with the SAS attracts bullshit. I've noticed this. I, I mean, the, I mean, for a start, there's lots of people who pretend that they are in the SAS who aren't. Oh, you know, last time I gigged for you, I spoke to a bloke who was in the SAS. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but he didn't tell me he was in the SAS. Well, they, the, the ones that are actually in the SAS don't tell you. Yeah, they, they, they no. need other people to out them. I know somebody else is in the SAS. And he doesn't really bang on about it. Other people, yeah, uh, other people uh, get the um, kudos vicariously. But people who yeah, yeah, are actually in the SES, they don't, they, they, they don't give a shit. Yeah, the thing is, if you really are, but this is more like I was like, you know, like anyway, so I was like, that's my seagull fact. That apparently, <laughs> if you throw some food in the air wrapped around a pebble, they will eat it and crush, and they've got, they've got fresh water, quite a lot of it inside their skull. It, yeah, you'd think it'd be salt water, wouldn't you? But, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It doesn't make any sense to me. No. Well, that's. I, I'm, I'm very grateful for your seagull anecdote. It's good. For a minute there, I thought you were going to give us a poem about a seagull. Oh, you, no, cause cause you mentioned, mentioned, mentioned it. that. Yeah. I'll post that on my Facebook no. well, with a rainbow picture. <laughs> opinion whores is the next bit. And the, 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 the reason why it's called opinion whores is probably a little bit what we were talking about earlier on. It's a, it's comedians spamming off on Facebook, banging on about their opinions, and then and then you see them on telly with the uh, hairy armpits and what have you, um, actually earning a living out of their opinions. That was the genesis of the idea of having the uh, mm. opinion halls as a section. That's the thing with comedy; it's so tribal about everything. It's like I see an event or something come up in the news, and you, I sort of like know all the same people are going to be saying this side of the fence, and all the people that are going to be arguing. I just can't be bothered with it, mate. It's like it's like six formers that have just learned what debating is. It's like just chill the fuck out. No one cares what you think. It's exactly that. It is a lot of it's playground stuff. The, the, one yeah. that, the one that sort of gets me is uh, selfish with recently dead people. 
<laughs> something about that. I, I, it's, I mean, I know a lot of it might come from a decent sort of place, but I still think with a lot of comics, the urge to sort of leverage on the fact that you're with being photographed next to somebody who's famous. Now, somebody's mm. particularly famous because they're dead. I just cynically think, are you posting that out of respect or are you post- posting that out of, like... No, of- what they're doing is, you remember the old days in the forums when you had, like, message boards, people used to type bump to get their whatever they'd put to the top again. Yeah. And I think they're doing that with their credits. It's like, oh, shit, Paul O'Grady just died. And they'll go, like, oh, here's a picture of me and Paul O'Grady in 1994 when I did the warm-up for his TV show. They're basically just bumping back into the sort of zeitgeist or the current into the sort of current space what they did it's just an excuse to, to dig up some sort of old medal and show everyone i think yeah yeah well that's yeah I, that's exactly what i think to be honest and and the other thing is something big happens and it's just like when all everyone's trying to make the same jokes about the, the big news story of the day i'm like like the submarine right yeah. which i've just chose because it's not political it's just a thing that well it became political because they were all you know of a certain demographic financially but like Everyone's making jokes about submarines, and I'm just thinking, this is like what the civilians on Twitter should be doing. You should be, this is low hanging fruit. It's almost like they're sitting around and got nothing in their head, and they're like, oh, there's a big, bright subject I can attack. It's like, have you got nothing to say that you have to just sort of like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I just sort of think, I think I expect a little bit more. I try and come at things. I'm not left field or surreal or political or anything like that. It's just like, Everyone just trying to jump on the submarine bandwagon to get that one little joke what goes viral. It's like, it's not going to make any difference. And you look like a cunt. <laughs> I, I've heard, a, a, I can't remember who it was, but it was a comedian on a podcast talking about exactly that. And I think it was just she. And she was saying that she goes out of her way not to think of the first story, obvious thing about, yeah. about it. And not the second She'll go for the third obvious thing to distinguish herself, and 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 I thought that's the psychology, isn't it? It's literally how can I leverage the amount of likes from that? And you know yeah. we're not immune to it. I, I mean, I I I probably done it myself, but you sort of grow up on social media, don't you? I mean, there was a time you'd I think, was. You'd think so. It's more like it's more like I see established headline acts doing it, and I'm thinking, why are you? getting down in the mud with all these but you sort of think that you like to think that people get above it or don't need it like i said it's what you sort of do when you're starting out it's like yeah oh let's all let's all have a little joke let's have a little impromptu joke competition about a load of about a submarine (laughs) i just i can't be bothered and i just i don't know are you you gonna do some online content uh of you doing little dances to the camera because i noticed a lot of that going about at the moment yeah, well, that's my TikTok is at Jesse Peen. No, I'm not going to do that. But uh, <laughs> I'd like to see it. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I mean, I. This is the thing, Paul. I'll, I'll be out in the street. I'll be on the streets, and I'll see two girls, and they've propped their phone up on a wall, and yeah. they're doing a little synchronized dance routine. Yeah, and they're so innocent and naive, and they're 11 year old girls, and that's what you look like when you're doing your little jokes about the, the submarines. That's it's like grown men doing that. That's yeah, what it yeah. looks like to me. Yeah, and yeah. it's fine when you're 11. <laughs> but no, it's out there forever. But, I wouldn't do it myself. But then again, you've got a lazy profile and, you know, a lot of those likes that they're getting are genuine. So there is a bit of that. So, yeah. And then there's the other thing where you get someone who's established and they just post 
I don't know what, and it gets loads of likes just because it's them. Yeah. Like, if you actually look at the joke they've posted, you're like, oh, that's just, they want it. That's clout chasing or trying to get in their good books because that is dog shit. I, I think what there is, is there's a type of comedian who was came through in the era of short video clips and knows how to play the online game. And then there's mm. a type of comedian who was before that who thinks that they have to sort of make that bridge towards that new world and they do yeah. it and I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like an old man singing Britney Spears on the karaoke. It yeah. just doesn't yeah. work, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, it's like, like you get this, this you know, like the, the, like the middle of crisis who buys a pair of inline roller skates. You're yeah. like, mate, you're going to break your fucking hip here. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and I've seen older people come across, I've seen older acts, like generation, couple of generations, but getting a lot of trouble on social media for saying certain things. Yeah. You know, because they don't understand. <laughs> they just don't understand, I think. No, you know, you, you, you lose the touch with the zeitgeist as you get older. It's happening to me. I can't get made around pronouns, but I'll get myself into trouble if I uh, talk about that But don't about you think, don't you just think, I always think this is like the middle-aged spread. You get to like, I'm 48, and you get to that my age, and I'm like, I just can't be bothered to hold it in anymore. And I think that's what it is with the zeitgeist. It's not that it becomes Greek to you. It's just when you're a young person, you feel like you've got to contort yourself to fit in with your surroundings. But then you get old and I realise, like, oh, no, I'm not going to change. I want the world to change. I'd rather the world change to fit me than I'm going to change to fit it. Yeah. So it's not that I don't get it. It's like I just don't care anymore. I don't care being out of the loop. Fuck it. There's no loop. That's, as you get older, you realise there is no loop to be in. It's just an illusion. Yeah. I, I occasionally listen to Joe Rogan, and a couple of times he's used a metaphor, which I really, really find useful. He says he gets up in the morning and he imagines that he has only a limited amount of fucks in his pocket. And then he'll only give out a few fucks a day. And then at the end, he'll go, I've got no fucks left to give. And that's, I'll just get on with it. I've, I've given enough fucks today. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, I think that's, a, you get more And I think that, that incrementally happens over the course of your life. Yeah. Like when you're 20, when you're, when you're 19, you've got nothing but fucks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to get upset about everything. That's when you're going to put a blackboard up like that in my local. And then when you get to like my age, I'm 50 basically, I'm just like, just do what you got to do. You can fucking call yourself whatever the fuck you want to call yourself. But if I don't think you should be allowed in certain spaces, I'm going to say it. It doesn't. I just, who gives a fuck? Do you know yeah, what I mean? There's no yeah. right and wrong, really, is there? It's yeah. opinion. Well, some people would say there is, but yeah, I know I get where you're coming from. Unless you're a devoutly religious person, I think that, you're, that unless you, there's an actual edict you can always go back to and go, right, that is the word of some sort of supreme being. Yeah. If, you, if you're an atheist, I think there's just all opinion. And I'm yeah. an atheist. I'm, I'm agnostic. That's another conversation for another day. Let's yeah. let's, let's bump it along a little bit. When when we're, we're, we're nearly at the finish line, mate. On that note, what is the thing that absolutely fucks you off out of all the things that absolutely fuck you off? Right, I just like? think the general and again, old man Claxon. It there is a definite the I don't know what gen they are. I'm Gen X, I guess. And then you got the millennials, and what are the ones below them? Uh, Gen Gen fucking Z or something. Yeah, yeah. Them. I mean, they they, they seem to be the sort of age where you're working in a coffee shop. And I don't know if it's since COVID, but the level of service is just appealing. Like, they're looking at you like you're lucky to be in there because they're open again. Yeah. And like around here, there's there's a different, the bit of London I'm in, there's a different coffee shop for every day of the week. There's thousands, but, but you go in and they they just look at you. And I go to the counter, and now it's like a, it's like a, the standoff at the end of Reservoir Dogs. I just I look at her, and she's looking at me, 
and she doesn't say hello. And I just kept looking at her. And this happened the other day. And Joe and the Juice, which is a chain, which you think they'd have some sort of training. And she looked at me and she went, like, have you ordered? <laughs> and I thought, well, you're the only one working in there. And I've just walked in. You know, I have, that's a weird way to open. So then I went, no. And she went, that face they do. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I can't believe what's going on. You know that face yeah. that young people do now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my kids do it. So like if I say something like, oh, yeah, like I'd say something. They sort of do this face like, what? Like, like the most ama- ridiculous thing they've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. So she goes, uh, oh, what would you want? And she's doing that weird face. Like, I'm yeah. the weirdo. And I went, yeah. oh, I could have a black Americano, please. And she just pointed. She tapped it in. And she just pointed at the fucking card reader. Honestly, I felt like <laughs> chucking that hot coffee in her face. Where, where was but this? I've noticed that where in was London. It? Yeah, no, what, what, what store? What, what coffee shop? Joe and the Juice. Joe uh, and the Juice. Right, right, right. And then... Uh, and I've noticed that that's sort of, oh my God, I can't believe you've come in this shop and I've got to do, like, I've noticed it was some, because I did, I said to you, I did Top Secret on Tuesday, and that's a very young audience. And young people have got this, the young, this generation, whatever the fuck they are, they've never been told to shut up. They've never had to have amused themselves. They've been totally overstimulated of electronic devices since birth. They're the, they can't remember before the internet. And they're just so fucking entitled and self-centered. They think the whole comedy club revolves around them. It's like they don't even, it's like they're an avatar in a virtual world and don't realize that there's other people around them that are real. They're not non-playing characters. These are other people that have paid the same money as you to come sit in a comedy club. And they probably don't want to hear you chatting shit, but they're just so insulated and unaware of their surroundings. It's like a whole generation of megalomaniacs. I, th- I think a lot of it is my take on that I've, with these youngsters. I, th- I think I don't think they've social, been socialised properly because we've shoved smartphones into the hands. Well, we, we've yeah. been we've been chucked out, and we, we'd have had to avoid the the local pedo and, um, and somebody's Alsatian who's roaming the streets on its own, and we'd be out playing, not going to clubs yeah. or anything like that. And and we 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 didn't get smartphones until we were, what, 35, something like that? And not just smartphones, Paul. That's, you, absolutely, of course, it's that. But also, a reward or a treat with few and far between. Like, you, we'd go to a restaurant on my birthday. Like, that was mm. it. And it just sort of like, so you, you were more appreciative of anything. Like, if I was in a comedy club, I'd be like, oh, look, I'm out. But they're just sort of sitting there sullen and, oh, my God, entitled... I don't know. It's, it's a really, it's almost like a nihilistic. I don't, I don't envy them. I don't envy them at all. I feel sorry for them, if anything. Mm. They've got this weird, cool detachment to their surroundings and life. It's like they're not actually experiencing or going through life. They're just sort of like, they're somehow insulated from it, which must probably is to do with electronic devices, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And I just think like, just I feel like slapping them and going, not in a bad way, in a sort of like an old 50s, get a hold of yourself. Brian Clough. Film way. Like a Brian Clough, by the way. Look, just look around. And now I sound like the old hippie, but it's like, look, you, like the world, there's stuff in the world and you've got to experience all of it. Yeah. They just seem like they're all, that, that the Prozac generation, man. It's like they're born on Prozac. They're not quite with it. Yeah. And, wow. so that, 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 I've noticed it. And you notice it in your own children. You're like, for fuck's sake. Yeah, oh, no, I've done it as well, and it's a bit of a teenage thing as well. I, you know, teenagers are a little bit like that. They're, you know, stay away, rebelling, I guess. And they're not all. Yeah, like- I guess that's my point. Then the teen, I think you've hit the nail on the head. The my, the thing that annoys me is 
28-year-old teenagers. It's just it's just extending now to people yeah. that are out in you know, I go to adult spaces, mm. right? I go to pubs. I don't I don't like I'm, I'm not a nonce based now. So what I'm saying is I like going to places, you know, and I, have, I can swear. If, and if you have to say whatever. it, Justin, if you have to say it. Yeah, I know. And um, actually, I've contractually applied. I've got to say it in every interview. But when I go, but when I go to like, uh, go to a place and there's adults like over 18s and I'm like, well, you're acting like a 12 year old. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like this elongated adolescence. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you get thirty-year-old blokes doing Legos and stuff. They're probably, yeah, they're, they're probably still living at home because they can't afford to live anywhere else. So that, that's my, yeah, my, my, my explain the can, re- retardation, if I can use that word. You can, I think you can use it in that 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 guys. But uh, the, if I put my tin foil hat on, I think it's by design that they're infantizing generations because they're easy to push around. Mm. Like I don't think I don't think you can have a group of. Um, 28-year-old blokes in a Pokemon onesie uh, <laughs> heading a rebellion, are you? Yeah. It's just easy to control. I think they're just by design. We're now children until we're 40. And then your sort of testosterone starts dipping off. And the man who's in control is like, oh, safe. Look, they're sort of like castrated a whole generation of people just by making them toddlers until the day they die. That's what it feels like. So we're sticking Gen Z into uh, the pits of hell. I mean... <laughs> If they are Gen Z, whatever they are, just uh, people, people that are like just young beyond their years. I was old before my years, but they're young beyond their years. If you know, yeah, what I, mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, social retards. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that, that's going in. All right, mate. Um, the, 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 we're, we're nearly at the vinegar strokes of the pod. So th- thanks very much, and thanks for bearing with us. Um, I is, won't pull out. Is, don't pull out. Is, 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 what we should say, this bit's for plugging, but um, you should plug your pods, mate, because you do a couple of fantastic pods. Go on. I've got an audio-only pod called Pranks and Firth, which I do with Ash Frith. Um, and that's pranks, like practical jokes and firth, like Colin Firth. And the reason we called it that is because we've both got not unusual surnames, but we've got surnames that definitely look like spelling mistakes of more common names. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. often get wrong. I suppose when you do, you always have to tell people two ends when you. Yeah, less so nowadays, but uh, yeah, I, I used to have to do yeah, that well, a lot. Yeah, my my little my little uh, catchphrase is banks with a p, and I say that <laughs> ten times a week because they're like, "What?" When I say my name, they're like, "What?" Yeah, and do, I go it's like banks with a p. Do, do that in Starbucks. Um, you, you'll have fun. Yeah. Oh my god! I was, oh, anyway, but uh, yeah, so I do that one. I do pranks and furth with Ash, which is audio only, and more. And then I've also just started helping out on Three Speech, which is a video pod as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we record that in London, and that's more like we had a porn. The last guest we had on was a, a famous porn star. Wow. It's fantastic. And uh, she's done all the fake taxis and all, all of them. Oh, really? So you can, you, you can watch that and then look her up afterwards? If yeah, you, afterwards, if you wanted. Paul. Yeah, you'd have to look her up afterwards, wouldn't you, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. What's you, her name again? You, oh, right, you okay. Definitely won't have seen her before, right? And what's no, fake taxi no. whilst we're about? I had no idea what you're on about, mate. Well, but, I've spoke about this to Ash, and I asked her this, and she didn't sort of get the point of the bit. It's like, this, it's like a black cab that drives around, and it's all cameraed up. And I only know this from... Because I've seen like people with fake taxi stickers on their cars, right? <laughs> and it's always it, it a, a girl who's all doled up, and she's you know she's got the taxi from Chiswick to Streatham, and she yeah. goes, "Oh, I haven't got any money." And then the taxi driver, who you don't know his um, identity, is a bit like the Stig from Top Gear, right? 
goes, uh, well, if you can't pay her, you know, uh, I'm sure we can come to summer. And then he gets in the back and, you know. And uh, is there a less sexy setting than a fucking puke-smelling, piss-stained taxi? Do you know what I mean? I don't know, I mean, whoever... mate. When he, when he described it then, I must admit I got a bit of a tingle. Did you? Because <laughs> you used to be a taxi driver, innit? Yeah. <laughs> Taking you... <laughs> I've got to say about your pods, I, I do listen to both of them, uh, more so the Pranks and Firth one, and I highly recommend to our listeners that they sort of have, a, have a little look as well. So, yeah, you definitely get my endorsement there, mate. Oh, thanks. It is, as you know, I like the pod like you do with like this one, and the ones I like are sort of like just, you've got jumping off points, but they're not rigid. That's what I like. like you know, you can end up talking about anything but yeah. so it's basically stream of consciousness like or just a, a chat and shit and we've always pre- we've been doing it for a long time mate yeah 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 and there's we've never ever had any sort of, not structured as you but we're just sort of like sometimes i just sort of like go, do you want to record and he'll go yeah and i haven't got an idea what we're going to talk about we've got a very small but loyal very small smaller than they are loyal but we've got like some hardcore listeners yeah. um who yeah. we interact with on discord and that but. Got, got enough to make it worthwhile well, okay. uh, it's just fun as well, isn't it? It's something to do. Yeah, exactly. It is. And it, and it gets the creative juices going as well. And it, actually, since I've been doing it, um, I don't know if you find this, you, you, things happen to you through the week. And you, you, your go-to is like, ah, I'll talk about that. We'll have some fun with that. You know what I mean? 100%. We call that the pod prison. It's like that scene in the Player Witch Project yeah. where they're lost and that girl just keeps filming everything. And one of the people, the one of the other blokes goes, well, fucking hell, just put the camera down. Stop filming. Stop. We're lost. Stop filming. And then she drops it. Or, and he, the other guy picks it up and he goes, oh, I see why you do it now. Now I'm looking through the camera. It doesn't feel real. Yeah. And I can, I'm detached from it. And like any sort of like, any, like saying that used to really annoy me now, I'm thinking, oh, I can talk about that on the podcast. Yeah. So I'm watching myself experience things. And that's healthy. I think you've got to have a healthy amount of detachment. Um, just to get... not as much as them Gen Zs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what they I do, there's a difference. What they that's... do is they do it at the detriment of those around them. They're unaware. I think they attach themselves in a. They they, they have this attachment, but it's in a slightly warped way. They they, yeah. they want to put it through through an unhealthy filter. Yeah, um, they do. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So but yeah, no, and also I think doing the podcast has helped me so much with MC. Really. Uh-huh. I'll just like you could say, you know, you know, I just in the beginning when I was doing the podcast and, you know, you, you someone would say so, Ash would say something and I'd be like, fuck, I don't know what to say. But now I just just chat. I could just go. Uh, so it gives you sort of confidence. I yeah. can start a sentence, have no idea how it's going to end and just trust myself that I think it's something interesting or funny I, but before I thought of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, a <laughs> long time ago when I used to gig and I used to MC. Um, there always was that, you know, what's going to come out, you know what I mean? And and that's, yeah. it feeds into the sort of a rabbit in the headlights thing. But you are exactly right, you know. And before you start, before you start comedy, because normal conversation works like normal conversation, you do that in normal conversation. You have a bit of a laugh. Yeah. And that's what gives you the genesis of the idea that you might actually be all right as a comic. And then you get up there then you've got all of these blocks where you can't actually sort of act like you can in a normal conversation. Yeah, so I think, I think what it's you're the saying. altitude, isn't it? Yeah. It's like you just, you, 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 you sort of like, for, I remember the first time I was on stage, I forgot how to blink, I felt like. I didn't, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was so self-conscious. What the fuck am I doing with my hand? 
Or and a, I couldn't think. All my RAM was taken up with stuff that I don't normally have to think about. Yeah, exactly that. But I see what you're saying with the pod. You 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 bring the normal conversation back into it, and you can put that behind the mic. Yeah, yeah, makes that makes absolutely good training sense. actually. Yeah, 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 and, and you're running the normal pathways, aren't you? Whilst under some kind of uh, performance pressure, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So the the last bit we finish with is called contrition, and it's where you get the opportunity to say sorry about absolutely anything that you want to get off your chest. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Fucking hell, where do I start? <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a tumultuous five years, Paul. I've got a lot to apologise <laughs> for, I guess. But um, I don't know. I'm just sorry that... I don't know. I'm not maybe not as tolerant as I should be. Like, a lot of the things we spoke about today is me just picking holes in other people. And I, although I don't always let them know, I just sort of think, I, I, I wish I had a little bit more of live and let live about me. As I, I'm definitely not a bigot about any sort of, like, race or sex or anything like that. But it's just sort of like, with people's behaviour, and I think, man, they've probably might have been, they might have been having a bad day or they might have not been brought up properly. And I tr- I'm trying more to see to sort of like approach these people with a bit of sympathy. But I think I can be a, I think you know, a little bit hard line about what I think should and shouldn't fly in people's behaviour. Mm, mm, mm. But, you know, we're all different and we all come to our journey. We've all had a different journey to come to where we are. And sometimes I think I just probably need to sort of like widen my focus and go, oh, I don't act like that, but that's because I'm, I'm aware of it and I, they just haven't got to that point of their journey yet. Yeah. Maybe I should give people a little bit more leeway. Well, that's exactly what 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 you're doing, isn't it? I mean, we get older and wiser, don't we? That that that's that's what happens. Yeah, and also I, I get it's a bit like I guess if I could sort of like transpose the Joe Rogan analogy you said about having fucks in your pocket. I think you can do that with wounds. Like if someone hurts you, you can sort of store up these tickets and then you dish them out as well. So it's like if someone, when you're young, especially like if someone belittles you and embarrasses you when you're young and you remember the pain, the shame and pain of that when you sort of don't know yourself, yeah. just coming into puberty and someone could say something really cutting to you. And then a week later, you do it to someone else. And I sort of, as I've got older, I've realised that I was harvesting these um, tickets, these these hurt tickets, and I was giving them out. Yeah. And it's kind of like now, I, I, so like I'm sorry that I wasn't, I didn't realise that sooner and uh, wasn't able to sort of like give, just sort of, I wasn't able to sort of like pay it forward. I was, I think when you're younger, you pay things back. Yeah. But often to the wrong people. And I guess that whole notion of paying it forward is I'm going to be nice to someone. I wish that every time someone was horrible to me, I'd somehow turn that around to me being nice to someone and not trying to get something claw something back on the wrong people. I think all humans do. I don't think I'm unique in that. We've got a dog, we've got, we've got a basset hound, and bear with us here, but it's a lovely-natured basset hound. Took it for a walk and Beckles coming. Little dog came along and bit it, and now mm. our dog goes off and, like, every time he walks past another dog, every sort of fifth dog, it'll snarl at it. But mm. it's only since then. So this is exactly yeah. what you're talking about. We're, we're all, all exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. But, like... You don't expect better of a dog, <laughs> you know? no, but I mean, I, I wish I, I wish I would, I wish I would, I wish I'd have um, 
evolved a dog to human a little bit sooner. Than... There's, there's no way the dog is uh, acknowledging what's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bet, that hasn't, hasn't got the wherewithal to change because, you know, I mean, but that that is it. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. And I never did anything terrible, but just sort of like a little odd thing where you think, God, maybe that person was just a bit thick. Maybe yeah. it's as simple as that. And I thought I just sort of like, you know, said, why are you so fucking thick or something? Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, I'm talking about it in the, in, the, in the distant past. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely get where you're coming from. I'm, I'm, I'm at a similar point in my uh, thinking as well. And, and the, the way I kind of think about it is uh, try and treat... You know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction, right? But um, I think sometimes you you can sort of treat it like judo. So if somebody comes at you with a, an aggressive thing, you can kind of turn that around and sort of gently flip them, on, flip them on the floor. And yeah. you can stand up and walk off and look the bigger man, you know what I mean? And I think the way you do that is by sort of like just internally acknowledging, oh, they're in pain. Like yeah. that, that, that aggression is... And, and like I said, I've, I've said this so many times now, but it's really rung true with me that Ram Das said, a man is someone that can give the love is never received. Just because someone might not have treated you well just don't carry that on and don't pass it on to someone else because it's just it just goes on forever and that's that's the other thing that's a bit of a tangent i never understood karma like where people would like like someone might rip you off right and you'll say to just sort of like oh well karma's a bitch they've got they've got what they've got come and you think well where does it end how do you know that this wasn't karma for something you've done yeah yeah so i sort of think that although karma makes people feel like there's a there's a sort of order in the chaos and it all even itself out. I think it can sometimes contribute to this and keep it pet, perpetuating shitty behavior. Yeah. Fuck karma. If someone treated you bad, just let it end there. Don't think, don't worry about what happens to them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't yeah. matter if they get their own back off. You know, if, if I was an asshole to you and then someone's an asshole to me, it doesn't help you at all. No, it does. It, but you know, so yeah. I just think, I think that we're, we've got this, we've got this uh, misguided propensity to, to see good and bad actions as a currency. I just wish that we could just stop that. I think that's uh I think that's very wise. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid for you. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, no, I think that's uh, I think that's spot on. Yeah. No. And I I also think that's a a, a great, lovely, well meaning uh way to sort of end on what has been a mainly negative pod. <laughs> <laughs> but surprise, well, we, surprise. We, we, we brought it round at the end Justin that, yeah. was, that was brilliant mate that was a lot better than uh, I could have imagined so I, I really appreciate it man thank you Support Kai and Pablo by becoming a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash promotermouths.